McGoey on his own. He gets the try. The Red 78. We're both monster people. Nobody knows monster rugby better. Carberry gets over the line. Try from Munster. Available every Wednesday. Don't miss a moment of action. Subscribe to the Rugby Channel on the OTB Sports app and turn on your notifications now. OTB AM. With Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. All right, let's get down to business. <clears throat> it's half past seven. It's Wednesday morning. Last night there was a game at uh, Lansdowne Road. Colm is here. Colm, good morning to you. How are you? Sure. Shane is here. Shane, good morning to you. How are you? Good morning, lads. How are things? What was your experience, Shane? Great win, lads. Um, yeah, 3-2 win over Armenia. We we stayed up in, in our League of Nations group. Scott Hogan nearly made it four as well with the one of the last kicks of the game. Nothing controversial about the game. It's, you know, I suppose it's a results business. Uh, no, to, to be honest, it's, it's a result uh, business. We keep getting told, yeah. So we just move on. Is that what you're telling me? It feels like uh, it feels like the cameras this morning are snipers, and um, every person who is anti Kenny is behind those snipers this morning, um, waiting for any positivity around Stephen Kenny, which I understand because um, I'm I'm utterly and positively confused after last night. Well, isn't the case that everybody who had made their mind up before the game? Are more entrenched in the in the whoa? What's this going on here? There you go. It's the old, um, uh, the old YouTube ads. <laughs> uh, it, as I as I uh, it was, log on to YouTube to check the comments. Yeah, of course. Yeah, because it's going to go one of two ways. Uh, no, you're right. People are entrenched, and they're going to be more entrenched probably after last night. It's a Rorschach test. What do you see? You see the thing you always saw, right? That's. Yeah. Uh, do you see the chances that created the domination of possession, the um, relatively intelligent play, the fact that we were in control of the game for seventy minutes, or do you see the calamitous, uh, the habit-forming concession of goals? Like, and uh, you know. Uh, if you step back and zoom out like all of these things are true we we were bad in patches last night we were good in patches last night um, probably not exceptional uh, which is a word Stephen no, used in the post-match no, no I don't think I don't think Stephen Kenny do himself any favours with his his um, uh, performances in the press conferences but ultimately they don't matter like you know we've like Trapattoni would sit in press conferences and tell everybody we were crap Martin O'Neill would say we don't have the players and don't have the time working with the players to achieve anything here and that's why we're playing the style we're playing and Mick McCarthy would bite your hand off for everything like, does it not matter I, we, we, it's, the, it's our only insight into the man, the management and what goes on behind the scenes I haven't said that you listen to Darrow Shea talking and he's saying Stephen and Keith Andrews came into the dressing room and, and weren't happy and like that he's probably going to downplay how unhappy they were when they came into the dressing room who sorry Darrow Shea chatting to Nathan after the match he kind of made the point that uh, yeah Stephen and, and Keith Andrews when they came into the dressing room they weren't happy yeah which so that's more important yeah like I think that's more important well it is yeah yeah um, it, it, I think it's it's okay to be confused I'm probably in the camp where I'm um, I, I want Stephen Kenny to achieve I want him to do well with this team and I want to, to continue to enjoy going to Irish games which I am at the minute um, but I also see that that uh, period of, of 90 seconds was not was not good enough and, and it's all too regular that we, we give up leads um, uh, like, just like Germany I've no shame in it being yeah. tunnel up against inferior opposition and we saw the game out yeah true like Germany yeah did we see it out? Is that how you would say? Is that how you would oh, describe that? How we stumbled. Um, I never, I never thought I'd understand what it feels like to uh, to be George Best in my life. I've never really go to football, but you know, famously, George Best was at the Champions League final when it was one 0 to Bayern Munich and left. <laughs> yeah, you know of this, course. right? Ninety nine. So I brought my three kids to the game last night and um, sugared them up in the first half. And at halftime, my middle one started, my youngest started slouching the seat and kind of slide off it. So I was like, "Look, tell you what we'll do: we we'll stay for five minutes and then we'll go. We'll beat the rush." <laughs> so 
Obafemi flicks the ball around the corner turns and wallops it straight straight into our faces basically we're right behind the goal yeah yeah and then we go out and everybody's watching the penalty shootout so I'm like okay shut up Just stop stop giving out yeah, we're gonna yeah. watch the penalty shootout and um, we're like oh, okay grand so we watch the penalty shootout which is a disaster it's not a disaster but it's terrible for those for that team and uh, so close and uh, whatever and I'm, we're walking down the stairs anyway and I'm like oh this is great we're, we are probably going to miss some goals but that's okay it'll be 3-0 more than likely <laughs> and then by the time we get to the train station the train comes it's 2-all yeah and I'm like so I didn't see the I didn't see that I'm at a loss this morning I unfortunately <laughs> uh, to, to beat the crowd and because my kids were like like the opposite of Forrest Gump yeah, yeah. I wasn't um, there. You weren't there. Um, now I did listen to Nathan <clears throat> and Stewie in the last five minutes of commentary, which was just madness, and it was great. Yeah. So if you haven't if you haven't heard their uh, take on the penalty, it's definitely worth them. There was a period of time. So when, when we we left our seats in the East Stand for half time, we went out watch the second half of extra time with all the other Irish fans. It was a good atmosphere. Everyone was enjoying the second half of extra time, albeit Israel with a better team in the twenty ones game. Um, and then it went to penalties and. Everyone walk, kind of walked towards their seats again. Saw the Obafemi goal. You're thinking two 0 in the senior game. The penalty shootout's about. It's to start about to be the best ten minutes of football that we've experienced as a nation in a long time. I said it to my brother. I said we're going to have a great time tomorrow morning talking and, about the, the, these two games. And then it was the worst ten minutes of football that we've had since Vim Keeft. Yeah, <laughs> sick reference. Yeah, that's good. It was shell shock after the second Armenian goal in particular. It was like what, what? Because the first goal you can kind of you're, you're like right. You know, Bazunu, reasonable save off the post, came out. Yeah, they were probably half asleep at the edge of the box, but it's 2 1. Ireland will go on and score another goal or two, will win 3 or 4 1. There won't be an issue. And then the Hyrahan pass is just, you're, what What are you doing? Like, you're an experienced professional. Like, it's a, it's a, they say don't pass the ball across your own goal, but he literally passed it across his own goal to an Armenian footballer. Not great. Um, not good at all. No. Um, I think, um, like, so one of the things that Kenny could do is come out and he, he said there was a mistake but it's just a mistake instead of like I can't believe that clown did that thing mm. you know he's like he needs he's going to need Harrahan at some point over the course of his campaign midfielders pick up bookings like I thought Malumbi was was very very good in the yeah. first half yeah um, you know being fortunate not to get the, the second yellow yeah and that's why they take him off I understand that as well mm-hmm. like they had to take him off it was silly the pullback it was a definite second yellow yeah or else he's got away with it now you mean just keep yeah. him on because his energy and drive I think you were you were asking about Hendrick and um, mm. like I, there was a bit in the first half I think it was about 27-28 minutes in where it looked like we had decided to press Yeah, but he wasn't part of the press and so the ball kind of got passed around and you're like that's not great because like either either they're not as as coordinated as we think they are or he doesn't do that anymore. And maybe he just doesn't do that anymore. We shouldn't expect him to do uh, that. The one thing I'd say about Hendrick is he seems to be uh, particularly singled out for a poor performance. I'll give him one bit of defence was that he was trying mm. a lot of forward passes. The problem was they were incredibly inaccurate. Was the whole and conversation not about him that actually we need somebody who isn't just passing forward? So instead of being... Well, he wasn't aligned to the rest of the team, what he was doing. He's but, supposed but to be he, he was trying to be incredibly positive. It's as if... He's either listened to the criticism or someone directly told him, Stephen Kenny or otherwise, play forward. But it wasn't, it wasn't aligned to Malumbi's more considered play. And I thought he stood out a mile. And also, I thought Darty had quite a good first half. But when I was watching, I was thinking, we're learning absolutely nothing from this game like at all. Because Armenia, for the first 70 minutes, was one of the worst displays I've ever... They were, they are, they're like, I know they're 92nd in the world, and they're supposedly the minnows of this group. But 
they were way worse than that mm-hmm. than they, they're on paper. They had absolutely no ambition whatsoever. Yep. They won a corner, I think, in the 41st minute, and it was a lucky corner, soft one. And I was like, wow, this is the first time we're going to see them, and we probably won't see them again. And I feel that not just the players in the pitch, but the whole country lost concentration midway through the second half yeah. after Michael Obafemi's goal, which coincided exactly, as you say, with the penalty shootout in the 21s. Yeah. And watching it on TV, you lads read it, but watching it on TV, you could almost hear people talk amongst themselves. And then I was thinking, if this finishes 2-0, we're probably still having a similar enough conversation to today. I don't but now it's are. become a bit more catastrophic because of what yeah. happened. I, I, I think that um, loads of people have decided that they don't think he's the man for the job and there's enough evidence in those five minutes to give them comfort to continue saying that. And, like... Here's the thing. He's definitely going to get the. Um, I, I, he's definitely going to get the the start of the Euros yeah. campaign, right? Yeah. So if we get hammered in the first two games, then maybe the FAI make a decision that they want to go with somebody else for the rest of it. But you know, more than likely, he'll get to see the campaign out, and that's the bit where you know when when are the lessons learned? Damien Delaney is asking. Well, they have to be learned immediately because the next qualifying campaign is a short, sharp shock, and at the end of that, we'll know where our standing is and whether or not we're going to be in a playoff for the Euros Well this is where Stephen doesn't do himself any favours either in that his post-match interview he said oh I don't I don't see the players now for until you know, November for, for, until November uh, so I can't really give out to them about this match and, and kind of address things I understand what he's saying he doesn't have the team to, to kind of put this right we don't have a game in three or four days time to, to address you know the issues from last night but he can't be coming out saying oh, I don't have I don't have the players like, Well I, I guess Right do you do your best work when you're being shouted at by somebody or do you do your best work when somebody says did you do well there do you yeah. how, how do you value what, what Connor what do you think about your performance tonight how, how would you rate it are you happy with it and Harahan, look, do you feel good about it yeah. like what's he, he going to say he knows himself what, what, but if what you shout at Connor Harahan and he goes back to Derby and is a bit like oh god life's terrible what's the you know, I don't like the others. The maybe other, they did shout at him. Maybe probably did. Maybe yeah. Keith is bad cop or Keith is good cop. Who knows? Yeah. But like, I just asking us to or asking like uh, the management team to be performatively angry. That's like, I, I just I think we're 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 having the Ke- the Kenny conversation far too commonly. And, and look, I, I I think we should be having it this morning. Of course, we're having the conversation this morning after last night's performance. But when do we when do we not have that? Like it, it's it's so it wasn't Stephen Kenny's fault that Conor Harahan put the, puts the ball across the across the area. Obviously, there are issues with the Irish team in terms of taking a lead, taking and especially taking a two 0 lead against a team like Armenia. You, you have to be seeing those games out. I would have been happy with the two 0 at that stage. Let me let me get oh. some of the comments that are flying through. Uh, good to see the Ireland team back in green, says uh, Dave Bates, who is either talking about the Gillette Labs performance rankings of a Monday or the fact that we're actually wearing green jerseys again. It could be either. Uh, Shano Sano 210 what's Terry Venables up to uh, I turned the game off at 70 minutes and went to bed happy with how the game was going I woke up 3-2 and saved by a penna what happened asked Michael I'm asking myself the same question Michael uh, and uh, it might be a while before I bring the kids back to a game Owen McDermott says at the end of the day the match going fans are behind him the players are behind him too the moment either changes we can have a debate what the media or ex-players think is irrelevant you have what you think is something different yeah well listen the, a lot of ex-players aren't in the, the Stephen Kenny camp I, I did notice and I don't know if anyone else at the game noticed this that uh, when the second when the Armenian equaliser goes in I noticed Stephen Kenny's face pop up on the big screen and noticed um, a fairly loud chorus of boos yeah that was surprising to hear no I don't know if the chorus of boos was surra- uh, centred around 
Kenny popping up on screen or yeah. the fact that we just conceded an equaliser uh, and we're facing potential relegation from our League of Nations group yeah. if we conceded again uh, I don't know but but there was there was, certain, there was an air there was a tension in the air after the equaliser for sure One comment there uh, by Brian they scored two random goals from nothing uh, that's so true from a TV perspective so I paused their first goal and watched it back a couple of times yeah. I just wanted to see where the goal came from where the mistake was then I fast forwarded 2-2 I saw it when I did it <laughs> what? Nathan Murphy good morning to you how are you? morning lads uh, you were in the maelstrom last night trying to process in real time oh god it was uh, hard to process in real time what exactly had happened I came home and tried to watch back some of it to go through to two goals and see where the breakdown came uh, because like, it came from absolutely nowhere Armenia showed no ambition at all uh, like they were a team in crisis, understandably considering their run of form, and it looked as though they'd be happy with two 0 and then they showed that they wanted to go on the attack and that they had the quality to open Ireland up. Uh, how they were so easy to get through, it felt as though Ireland had maybe just lost the run of themselves. Uh, Stephen Kenny said last night that you know he felt the overlapping centre backs at two 0 Do you need to be doing that? It felt right at the time. Are we are we going to stop Nathan Collins uh, flying and forward of the pitch, bombing forward? Maybe the cover just wasn't there. Uh, and then the second goal, like Conor Howard makes a, a shocker, a shocking mistake. I think Gavin Bazunu could have done better on both goals. But it, I'm, I'm not surprised by what Shane's saying as to what the reaction was after the second goal. You're 2-0 up against Armenia and it goes back to 2 all. Like, nobody is going to be satisfied with that. Mm-hmm. Nobody is going to say, ah, oh, well, give them more time. Like You're in the middle of a match. Emotions are high, understandably. People are going to be incredibly frustrated. And yeah, this debate, I think you're right. Everybody's views are going to be uh, a little bit more entrenched as to what they feel about Stephen Kenny. And a comfortable win last night, and he can probably relax a little bit over the Christmas. But now... A lot of pressure is not just on that draw, but also the way the fixtures roll out for next year and the qualifiers. Because in March, he's going to need results. Like, and understandably so, and rightly so. Like An Irish manager should be qualifying. Are we strong in March? Are we, always, are we traditionally always strong in March? Is that, is well, that, is that a thing? Will, will players be playing football? Will <clears throat> Matt Doherty have gone out and loan? Uh, you know, we have a backup for... For Josh Cullen, whose reputation was probably enhanced somewhat again last night, that there is no natural replacement, uh, while Connor Coventry is sitting on the bench at West Ham and not getting any football. So for 70 minutes, it was fine. It was grand. Uh, like the, the midfield is definitely an issue. We don't have that player still who can unlock a defence, and we don't have a striker who's going to score a lot of goals. So that is going to be something that constantly hampers the progress of this side. But I thought they played quite a bit of nice football they were totally comfortable in possession totally dominated the game but yet again big moments in matches are undermining any of the progress that Stephen Kenny is making and like you look at the last four games Scotland twice Ukraine and Armenia and seven points is not a bad return they've played pretty well in almost all of those games but it should have been a hell of a lot better and that may well be Stephen Kenny's legacy that what might have been, what could have been, and he's helped the team progress, but they're they're not getting the big results when they need them. Yeah. I know they got the victory I, last night, but like again, this should have been an easy conversation post game at two or three nil. And instead we're looking at and, and I think questions should be asked as to what happened, as to the substitutions that were made. Like have they lost the run of themselves because they have a manager who hasn't instilled the necessary discipline in them when they're two nil up to be patient? It was confusion leaving the stadium because a, a lot of Irish fans, myself included, were like, what? I, I didn't know how we felt. We all, I think a lot of people had to go for a pint after the match to process what had just happened. And it was a case of, well, 
I mean, what? you're in your twenties. You don't need to just. Sorry, yeah, it's, it's fine. It's it okay. I, I went it, was, it was an excuse. It was an excuse. But like, it was one of those things. You're, you're kind of left like, well, that was better than a nil nil or a drab one nil four or five years ago. I, I actually weirdly enjoy that experience that's what, that's what I was saying to you you should listen to that's what I was saying to you the, the, burn, the, the roller coaster and how, how it feels alive <laughs> the last two games 2-1 and 3-2 yeah. I mean, that, like, if you <laughs> if you're looking at it from an entertainment perspective, like, well, we, we sorry, like, you're going to get hammered for saying that we're looking at this for an entertainment. But the yeah, one thing, yeah. the caveat to all this, right? And myself and Shane were having the conversation about the press conferences and and how it it is important. And I'm saying actually, it's not that important. It it, it is important in the context of the Nations League. And he was asked about it on Virgin last night as well. About you know, you did say this was a winnable group. And we have finished where the seeding said we would finish, as opposed to outperforming the seeding. That's that's. If he hadn't said any of that, he'd now be able to point to well, it's the best we've ever done in a nation's league. You know, we would have got relegated from this before, except they changed the rules. But we, he can't do that now. Like that's the one bit where managing the message is actually important. In that you you set expectations and you either over deliver or you under deliver. And we have under delivered versus the we're going to win the group. Which you know was kind of a an unnecessary thing to say at the start, but the hyperbole is killing him in lots of ways because it provokes a reaction. So last night he would be well within his rights to come in in that press conference afterwards and say, "Geez, we nearly blew it." Like you know, just puff out the cheeks and say, "Can't understand what happened. Made some inexplicable errors out there. You know, we can't do something like that again." Almost undid all our good work, but instead it was it was over the top in the praise of the quality of the performance and like, is that is that the inexperience is that the intense pressure he was on from the start where he's ha- had a feeling that every opportunity he has in front of the public he has to react and go over the top because he knows the criticism is going to be so over intense and insane on the other side yeah that so we have this constant battle whereas uh, he's clearly protecting his players. He clearly feels, you know, I'm not going to be publicly critical of this group of players. Whereas last night, like, it's a free hit. Like, Conor Howerhan, I couldn't have any issues if his manager comes out and says, I know, like, but he's going to he's he's need... One of my most experienced players. He's going to need Conor Howerhan at some point. Well, what's yeah. Conor Howerhan? Like, Conor Howerhan's like, not... He, is he going to throw his toys out the pram when they well, get back to the team hotel? What were you doing having a pop at me for? No, but his confidence might dip to a point where he's useless to you. But he could have phrased it. That can't happen. He could have phrased it. Well, Conor knows himself that that wasn't... Uh, that was a bad error. Do you know, he could, he could have left it. Like, Conor doesn't need me to tell him that that was a, that was a terrible mistake. But, like, Kenny, like, you can see the cogs in, in Stephen's mind when he's up at the big screen with, with a few minutes left and it's 2-2-2-2 two, 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 two before the penalty is awarded and you're thinking... Well, there was reporting that that was the end of his job. <clears throat> if Armenia got a winner there, that was the end of his job, according to some of the, the reports. No, I don't, I don't know. I didn't see them verified anywhere. I didn't see any, any, um, anybody on the record with that or anybody even off the record with that, so... <laughs> No, I, no, and things will change quickly as well. I think that there's no suggestion that uh, anyone involved in the board feels it's time to change manager or has a desire to change manager. But if you're two 0 up against Armenia with 20 minutes to go and you were to end up losing three two, not a good, uh, not a good look. Martin O'Neill, Giovanni Trapattoni. <clears throat> but you're right; like, the entertainment is important. Like people are enjoying these yeah. matches, mm. and entertainment won't be enough though when it comes to the qualifiers. But maybe, maybe they can get both by then. Like they did win the game last night. We were hammered on Monday because. Well, it's all about results, lads. Uh, last night, they actually did manage to win the game. Now it's all about performance. Like, they need to somehow combine the two at the same time. And listen, these games have never been easy. I, in preparation for commentary yesterday, was looking back on a decade ago, 
Ireland, Armenia. The only other time Armenia have come to town. It was a playoff of sorts as well. It wasn't a relegation playoff. Ireland needed to win this game to earn a playoff for Euro 2012 at home. Usual star-studded Ireland team of the time with Shea Given and Gold and Richard Dunn at centre-half. Unfortunately, an injured Robbie Keane. But plenty of quality players in there, including Damien Duff. Uh, what happens? The Armenian keeper gets sent off after about 10 minutes. They scored the most ridiculous own goal you have ever seen. Richard Dunn puts Ireland 2-0 up in the hour. We've got one of the most successful, one of the most experienced managers of all time and a great Irish side with loads of talent. Surely they have the experience. Surely that manager knows how to see this game through. What happens? Two minutes later, Armenia score. And next thing they're attacking and they're attacking and they're attacking yeah. down to 10 men with nothing to play for away from home against this really strong Irish side. Like, these things do happen in international games. Like, nothing... <laughs> it was the exact same scenario where you thought this game had to be done, uh, but it wasn't. But... Like Trapattoni himself would admit he was a, a lucky general. Stephen Kenny, uh, because of these moments going against him again and again and again, he, he needs to put a stop to that. Yeah. And maybe maybe this is it. Maybe you know. And I, I, so in that context, I can see he's got to change him going. Well, we were we were pretty awful there, but we got lucky at the end. So maybe maybe our luck has turned. And instead of like lacing into the players, because they all know. Like they, you don't need to shout at somebody to tell them they've done bad. Like that just doesn't work as a. Yeah, it doesn't. Look, Nathan, you mentioned two previous managers there and a previous era. You've been covering Ireland for a long time. Where does Stephen Kenny's football rate in terms of entertainment value, in terms of progressive football for you? Just for you as a journalist and I as a man. I think the consistency of the last four games is something we haven't seen in a very long time. Of the Quality of football is a dangerous term because we have to remember the players that we're dealing with here right now. It's not top quality Premier League standard. It's not Nations League A standard of football. But in terms of trying to do the right thing, the pace of the games, like that's the biggest difference right now is the pace of the games. That generally when Ireland are playing well as they did in the first 50 minutes and for a good chunk of the second half, like there's an intensity. They're trying to get it forward quickly. You say Jeff Hendricks trying to do the right thing. So I think there has been a noticeable change in the way Ireland play football and approach these games. There is a question mark about the quality at times like Hendrick didn't do enough last night Jason Knight didn't do enough in an attacking sense last night Parrot wasn't really in the game at all like the quality of some of the goals even the individual goals that they've scored has been exceptional so I, I don't think anyone can watch the last four matches and say that Ireland aren't playing a better brand of football but now is the time heading into this in, heading into your 2024 where they have to back it up with results yeah, I think Stephen Kenny understands that. Let's let's hear. I'm sure, from, he, he must understand that. Yeah, well, it's been rammed down his throat every time he opens the papers. So let's uh, hear from some of the players: is Obafemi, Brady, and O'Shea talking about Nathan in the uh, post match? Have a look. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, I feel like we we was completely stunned. Um, it was come out of nowhere. We was completely on them the whole game. Um, but I mean, obviously, I feel like it was just a lack of concentration. Started from me. Um, a few sloppy touches, but just like I said, f- thankful to Robbie to f- for bringing down the three points. There's a lot of young players in this squad. Seven under 23 started again tonight. Can you can you expand on that lack of concentration? Is it is it ex- is it experience? Is it being two 0 up at home, cruising, sort of losing the run of yourselves even a little bit? I mean, yeah, like you said, we've got seven under 23. Like we're still we're still a young team. Um, not a lot of experience but I mean a couple of the boys have played a lot of games for sure but um, I feel like sometimes these things happen um, 
but I feel like the boys we, we bounced back um, like, like I said thankful to Robbie and uh, that he could put away the, the penalty so yeah uh, Obafemi's undroppable now he's our number one he's our leader he's our hope let's, let's put everything on his shoulders so that uh, when he eventually lets us down we can blame him <laughs> uh, yeah like there's uh, not many Irish players already who have the quality of goals that Michael Obafemi has uh, it was just a brilliant finish and the confidence that he spun away oh, knowing great. exactly what he was going to do well so as I was saying I maybe missed up I was like we were behind the goals for us and you could see like all he has to do here is, is hit it. If he, if he can just do the thing that you know that he can do, it's going to be a goal. And lo and behold, he did the thing, which, like, you know, in, an, in a lifetime of watching sports, uh, frequently you get <laughs> let down by people. Happen? Well, like, Darrow Shays had a free header from a corner about five, five, six minutes later, and it was a really good opportunity. You know, maybe I'm asking too much for it, uh, that to hit the target again, but that was a free header. Like, um, anyway, sorry, to go back to Obafemi. If you're his club manager, you're putting him back in the team and you're riding that wave until he gets his move, wherever he gets the move to. And I think he's going to be a success. Like, whatever the issues were that were holding him back and have held him back at a couple of clubs now, you hope that he just begins to iron those out and play some football. Yeah, he needs to get whatever's going on with his agent and managers sorted. He, I asked him at the end about... Uh, just that this guy that we see for Ireland doesn't seem to be reflected in the media over in England, that, you know, he's basically seen as a troublemaker. Uh you know, he understandably denied uh, such a thing, but he needs to play a lot of football and also needs to stay fit. Like again last night, was it a bit of cramp? Was it a bit of a niggle? You remember against Scotland, he came off, he was injured, he couldn't play against Ukraine. To be able to rely on him to make sure that he is fit for these double headers and he's able to play the full 90 minutes of both games is going to be important. And himself and Troy Parrott didn't link up particularly well, but he has... Uh, a dynamism, I think, that even Parrot doesn't have and that we probably haven't seen in an Irish striker in in quite a while. So, you know, Obafemi was one of the positives of last night. Like the, Again, I, I haven't heard too many people explain, and I'm sure we'll hear a lot from the pundits over the next while. You know, Gary Breen probably did, did it best at, at the weekend of explaining actually tactically what's going on because it's, it's all the bigger picture stuff and we're as guilty as anyone of the bigger picture stuff. But in terms of team selection... Like, was there anything he did wrong? I hear a lot of, oh, Jeff Hendricks shouldn't have played. But Jeff Hendricks is a good player. Mm-hmm. Jeff Hendricks is a very experienced player. He should be better than he was last night. He's also playing first-team football as well. But if it wasn't Jeff Hendricks, who are you putting in? Who is the guy that's been left out? Should it have been Alan Brown? Should it have been Connor Howran? Like, there were calls for a bit more experience in the side. Like, the two guys who have let Stephen Kenny down, shall we say, in the last few games, were two of his experienced players. It was Alan Brown inexplicably handling the ball, uh, something you would never expect him to do. And then Conor Howran, who's as solid as they come. You know, the criticism of Conor Howran at times is that he takes it too easy. He yeah. plays it too simple. Comes on, you know, he's 31 years of age, and it's just a complete meltdown as to what happens there. So the younger players, by and large, are delivering, but they're not quite, some of them, at the absolute level that Ireland need to go and totally dominate games and cut open sides. Like complacency was a use or was a word used a lot last night after the game. And like, do we just not know how to play against teams that we should be beating? Like, as in finishing them off. Like, it's it's all well and good playing against the Portugal's, the Serbia's, and Scotland, and getting up for those games. But why can't we? I don't know, just they, they, stand on the neck of no these. Belief. Teams? We don't have belief for ninety minutes to play football that way. 
We can do it. Instead, we can do it in chunks. We did it for about two thirds of the match last night, but they run out of steam creatively and mentally. I don't think they can keep going with it. Because people can't believe we can use the we can use the argument all all we want. Oh, these are championship footballers or League One footballers. But regardless of whether they're championship footballers, they're still playing at a far higher level than than the majority of the Armenian players. Well, I saw an interesting point put forward yesterday that are these players at club level used to playing that style of football ever, where they're the ones as they were last night with all the possession. Well, Derby are. In like, dominant teams like Derby are dominating uh, their possession based team in, in League 2 or whatever in League 2 League now one, but he's, whatever. Jason Nice played one game in that Derby team in midfield he's played the rest of his games at right back mm. so he's not having to make those sort of passes all of the time I don't, I, it's Armenia they sat right back they, like, they're as defensive a team as we've seen come to the Viva as you said they had showed no ambition like, you're 2-0 up without them having a sniff Bazunu yeah. had nothing to do they've got their couple of goals I think Ireland, if, if they hadn't had those moments of madness, they'd probably get a third, maybe you sneak a fourth, and then it's it's a run-of-the-mill, straightforward victory, and everybody leaves quite happy. All right, let's talk a bit about Robbie Brady, who came in for James McLean. Have a, have a watch of this. Well, Robbie, I don't think you'll ever maybe top the goal in Lille, but that one felt bloody important tonight. Yeah, it felt good. Um, it was a... It was an important goal for me, obviously. Uh, it'd been a tough road over the last 18 months to two years on and off the pitch. So uh, there was a lot of emotion after that one day tonight. But like I said, a stroke of luck at the penalty at the end after a few minutes of madness. We nearly shot ourselves in the foot, but um, delighted to get the win. Can you explain what happened? Two nil up, cruising, and as you say, two minutes of madness. You know, you're a very experienced player. How, how does that happen? I think uh, when we dominating the ball for so long during the game, maybe we got a little bit greedy and chasing more goals and more goals. And we need to look at the bigger picture. We we were two 0 up, and we needed to make sure that we were more secure behind the ball in transitions. And we weren't, and we got punished for that um, with two almost identical goals. So um, we'll tweak that, and make sure that it doesn't happen again. But um, like I said, we got a stroke of luck, and we won the game. So. What are the last 20 minutes like then as, as that's just happened and you know the importance of, well, definitely not losing the game, but trying to go and get that winner? Yeah, we knew we would dominate. We're dominating. They got a bit of a lift from a couple of goals, but if we moved the ball the way we were um, throughout the game, uh, we're con- well, I was confident enough that a chance to come. It's just about whether, whether it goes away and we, we managed to get a stroke of luck with the penalty and put it away. I don't think Stephen Kenny's ever lost faith in you. He name-checked you a lot when you were out injured. To get the start tonight and to have that moment at the end, considering all you've been through, can you, can you describe what it means to you, probably to your family, to your friends, to everybody, to be, to be out there having a moment like that again? Yeah, it means the world to me to be back in and wearing an orange jersey again. Um, Obviously, when you're when you're out injured, you I'm not sure if you can get yourself back in the place. Then, but I, I managed to get myself back in the place now, where I'm feeling good and strong, and I feel like I've got a lot to offer. But I've um, I've got to put in the hard work now and at, at club level to make sure I stay involved and and see how we go now going forward. Yeah, uh, was it a fifty-fifty decision? If like dropping James McLean must not have been easy for Stephen Kenny because he actually was he's playing his best football for Ireland at the moment. So, what was behind that, and how well did he do? Uh, he loves Robbie Brady. Uh, he has always, always spoken about Robbie Brady in glowing terms. And maybe the fact that Ireland were going to have a bit more possession, there wouldn't be the opportunities on the counter-attack that James McLean could expose. And you know, McLean was, was really good on Saturday night and thinking those little balls behind the Scottish fullbacks. Uh, that Brady, uh, is it fair to say, is a bit more cultured uh, and a bit more control. And he probably had more touches than and anybody, it felt like. Maybe with the exception of Jason Malumby last night, he got involved in everything and uh, he had a good game like he obviously set up the first goal from the set piece uh, there were a couple of other decent deliveries into the area 
and you are reliant on your full backs for a lot of creativity. Ireland's best stuff generally came down the wings when Doherty had the beating of his full back. Brady didn't seem to quite have the beating of his full back as easily as Doherty did, and I thought he had a, a very good all round game. And if he can keep himself fully fit, he'll probably get a lot of game time over over the next little while. Which players for you, Nathan, have come out of these two games with their reputations enhanced? I think Nathan Collins has shown again that he is very, very comfortable at this level. Darroche did little or nothing wrong over the two games, and it does look as though like that full transformation that started after the home defeat to Ukraine is is nearing completion. Like Shane Duffy, Seamus Coleman have been dropped out of this team, and barely featured over the two matches. Uh, so I think the two of them uh, certainly enhanced the reputation. But Jason Malumbi was 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 really good for uh, for everything except. And, and, and maybe that's the entire everything. Every conversation is for everything except that bit. Like it was madness. And like Stephen Kenny should have gone through Jason Malumbi after the game because he's put a lot of trust in him in there. And there's a reason he's probably not starting in that position on a regular basis. Is that he just seems to lack that bit of composure. He should have been sent off. So Malumbi on the ball, it was actually far better than I expect him to be in that role for Josh Cullen. But he's just too indisciplined, um, and you can't have a player like that in that position. Obafemi, obviously, I think, is an automatic selection after his couple of performances. Matt Doherty, I thought, played, made one big mistake the first night, but generally played very well. Uh, Robbie Brady back in the fold. So, are there players who did themselves massive damage? Potentially Troy Paris, but he stuck with Troy Paris all the way last night. Uh, and aside from that, I, like, mm. I, I, I don't see a huge amount of calls and for players who have been left out to come in. Like, what are the changes? Maybe Alan Brown can consider himself really unlucky, considering how well he played at, at right wing back. Uh, not to get a spot. Obviously, the few minutes he did play didn't go particularly well for him. But, you know, the Scott Hogan calls probably would have come through. I can guarantee you we would have had a Scott Hogan. He should have played the foreign player. Gets that one unbelievable opportunity to score first international goal and doesn't take it. So, team selection-wise, you know, it, I think it's I think it's okay. Do you need three centre-backs at yeah. home? Look, Benya was the name that a lot of people were kind of mentioning last mm. night, in, certainly within the stadium. But, like, but is, that, is that a case of the way Armenia play? There's not much space in behind that that was a tactical thing, I wonder, Nathan? You have to assume so. Like, Bene is the former man and played really well when he came on in Glasgow on Friday night. Like, the only reason why you wouldn't bring him on uh, is that Armenia are sitting back that you can't use his pace in any way and you didn't think he'd be able to make much of an impact. Um, listen, maybe there was a plan to do something before the two goals went in and they had to rethink it. Uh, and actually, maybe when the two goals went in, it would have suited them because the game became a bit more open. But in terms of you know the team right now feels somewhat set in stone. You'd hope that Conor Coventry goes out alone in January and gets a run of games and can get himself in the squad that Will Smallbone gets in the squad and they can add two, three players from that 21s uh, to bulk it up. But selection-wise, there doesn't seem to be a huge amount wrong with what they're trying to do. Yeah. Will we hear from Darrow Shea? One more last player interview. Have a listen to this. A difficult one for a player to answer, but there's a lot of question marks about Stephen, a lot of criticism about Stephen. Heading towards Euro 2024, what's your sense as a player as to where this group is going under Stephen Kenny? I think this group has gone the right way, and I think if you if you look at our games and look at the way we've transitioned and played and the type of football we're playing, it's exciting. You look at the age of the squad, um, the players we're playing, and you know we've got players here who play for the next ten years, which is massive for a country. Do you know what I mean? Um, so the more experience we can get, the more games we can get under our belt, and, and playing our style of football is only going to progress and, and help us. And obviously leading into a campaign. Um, 
we've kind of had a good a good bunch of games now to prepare ourselves and lots of lads are getting used to international football which is great um, but I think this, this this team has gone the right way um, in training the backroom staff even around the hotel everyone's been amazing and it's a real uh, it's a real positive moment um, you know it's it's great everyone buzzes off coming in and playing for their country because of the atmosphere the gaffer sets and everyone around them um, so yeah it's a credit to him and obviously like I said the more games we play the better we'll get and we just need to learn from our mistakes and push on yeah, look, uh, we, we were well stocked with centre-backs. It will be interesting to see if we can play with two centre-backs just to see what that looks like. Uh, you can't really experiment between now and the end of the Euros unless we're out, at which point it won't be uh, Stephen Kenny experimenting more than likely. Uh, let's hear from the fans. Um, Ashley was out. Ashley O'Reilly was out with the fans. Uh, have aftermath in the aftermath. Have a look. Uh, thought it was OK up until... Uh they got a bit complacent, didn't they? Yeah. They got a bit complacent. Too many mistakes, too quick follow, I'd say. They were a bit off the ball, you could actually say. <laughs> <laughs> for a while there. And what about Stephen Kenny? Is he the man for the job? Should he stay on? Uh, Kenny in, Kenny in, all the way. The biggest mistake Ireland ever made was getting rid of Mick McCarthy. <laughs> yeah, it was, a good, it was a good match, to be fair. Um, I thought Armenia were a bit unlucky to get two players sent off. But, um, yeah, it's a great result for Ireland, anyway. So they were unlucky to get them sent off? Well, obviously it's dissent, so it's deserved, but at the same time, you know, you've got to listen to the ref, haven't you? 70 minutes gone and everything just seemed to fall apart for Ireland? Absolutely fall apart. You can feel the crowd turn, everyone was everyone was booing, it was horrible, to be honest with you. <laughs> I actually thought, thought for one minute, Armenia might come back and even do, a, do, a, do an England against Germany, but it didn't happen. And do you think that Stephen Kenny is the man for the job here? Yeah, absolutely, yeah, definitely. I, I couldn't, couldn't pick anybody else for the job at the moment, anyway. And were you impressed with Ireland up until, I suppose, that 70th minute? Yes and no. I mean, possession, a lot of possession, but possession doesn't count for anything unless you put the ball in the net. So they did OK first half, but they were a bit flat to begin in second half. So When Mick's dead, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think that Stephen Kenny's the man? Yeah, yeah, Kenny all the way, all the way. Kenny in. Were you impressed with their play tonight? Uh, it was good until uh, midway through second half. They got a bit complacent. All right, there's a bit of a loop there. We were cutting the time-space continuum. Um, so Mick McCarthy Mark 3 that's, that's the alternative the is it I keep, I keep um, uh, Damien Delaney was like well it's not just Big Sam there are other people out there who can do it on Virgin last night it's just I don't know what the list is of the alternatives I don't know who's well, on that list if it wasn't Stephen Kenny and you know people go back to the debate about who should be the man to replace Martin O'Neill and it was it felt like the public sentiment that got to John Delaney that there was a sense that they wanted something different and he sort of came up with this hodgepodge of McCarthy and Kenny if it wasn't even Kenny Mick McCarthy would still be the manager right now like that is the obvious scenario we'd be in and how many of these young players would have developed would be in a better situation I honestly do believe that and I know people say that Stephen Kenny is the worst record of Ireland manager that whoever was in charge right now would in all likelihood have that because there was a rebuild desperately needed and these sort of I mean they did win the game last night but these sort of debates have been coming uh ever since Euro 2016 because there'd been a massive decline in results. Think back to Mick McCarthy's last campaign in charge and the lack of quality in both games against Gibraltar. Remember the home game against Gibraltar? It was an own goal and Robbie Brady scored at the last kick of the game Stop. for a 2-0 win. And it was brutal. I don't it remember that game at all, I have to say. Stuff. I've like blanked that whole period from my memory. Like, Repressed. Uh, the away yeah, yeah. game is was, was unfortunately a harbinger of that whole era and what it was going to be like. And look, you know... Uh, it, it, lad, it, it, the, the confusion with me is I, I came home last night after the match and you're obviously you're catching up on some of the, the post-match reaction and so I went from watching Damien Delaney talking about 
three wins in 20 competitive games this isn't good enough are we confident going into next March's games no and then I'm watching uh, Nathan's full chat with Dara O'Shea where he's like there's players in this team that can play for 10 years which is massive for a country so you go from being completely negative to okay yeah Dara O'Shea's actually made a good point there and he's in the dressing room he's, he's, he's full of positivity so I think it's okay to feel a little bit of both, isn't it? Like Daryl Shea, Nathan, you were probably you probably walked away from that interview with Daryl last night, and you probably felt a little bit better about the whole thing. Yeah, well, it, it did feel as though he was taking responsibility as to what had happened. He wasn't coming out saying that this was an outstanding performance. He he seemed, as Robbie Brady did, uh, seemed quite downbeat about it all. That even though they got the victory, they knew that they had screwed up. Mm. That this was an opportunity to kick on. Uh, to end the campaign on a real high, rack up a couple of goals, and that they had blown that opportunity, and it's, it's on themselves. But I, I think you're right. Like, it, It's okay to have mixed emotions on this because results haven't been good enough yet. Performances have been getting better, but they need to get the two of them combined, and they need to stop having... Like, yeah, we came uh, away from Saturday night going, that was good, that was really good. We lost the bloody game. Yeah. We came away from last night going, that was really good for long parts. How were we in a scenario heading into injury time where we weren't leading? Yeah, okay. So, okay. A couple of points here on that, on that very point from our commenters, Super Ken 354 and John John. All those pundits are all of a sudden worried about the performance and not the results. We weren't good in the second half, but they could have crumbled after that equaliser, but they got the winner, says Super Ken. John John goes, all of the Kenny Outer's main argument was that Ireland wasn't getting results, but now that we won, they'll point to the performance, which is the argument Kenny and supporters would use in other games. Damned if you do and damned if you don't. Yeah, like the disappointment last night is that it's obviously a relegation playoff. And what screwed Ireland was the first day against Armenia. Likewise, what screwed Ireland in the last campaign was the defeat against Luxembourg. And if you look back in the last campaign, if Ireland had won that game against Luxembourg, they probably would have been right in the mix in that last match. And likewise, last night, it was an incredibly tight group, except for the fact that Ireland had lost against Armenia. And that sort of result is unacceptable. And that sort of result will kill them in the next qualifying campaign if they don't win their games against the lowest two ranked teams. You've got to win those four games, guaranteed, win them easily, and then do what you've been doing against the better teams. Like just, but it just can't to, afford any little slip-ups. Just to play that out, if we'd, if we'd actually beaten Armenia, still we wouldn't have been in it last night because of the Scotland result. But maybe at one all with the game against Scotland, that changes how you approach those last 10-15 minutes. I don't know if that alters the substitutions and, and the, the tone and uh, the music around it, but it would have been interesting to see what the pressure, in a positive sense, might have done to the team. So, look, I, I mean, the relegation thing, it was real. The the mood was, he will lose his job in one of the papers that I'm no doubt was around the team hotel. Lose tonight and he loses his job. That that has to get to the players at some point. So, um, I don't know, they, they won a relegation playoff. It's uh, one of our best ever performances in this competition. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's positive. There's never been a lower bar set than that. If, if hypothetically, in a, in a in a different universe, if Armenia had gone on to score a third and win the game three two, like, are we talking about Kenny's? Are we talking hypothetically about Kenny's job? Yeah. being gone. It's very very difficult to. Yeah. That's the only definitive take. I feel like we're none the wiser a week later. Everybody clue. feels the same as they did a week ago. But what what's our consensus here? I was asking Nathan. Who, uh, who stood out for you the last two games and you listed loads of players legitimately yeah, yeah. and we had two exciting games and we won last night but it feels like uh, it's a bit of a morning <laughs> today maybe our bar I is so know. high I think uh, there's entrenched views on both sides the problem for me is I'm not sure the players fully believe in it for all the way through the game maybe two thirds of it and I think we have that final third to go yet so I do think there's actually a ceiling for him to improve a bit more 
but the doubters are going to constantly remain if we're getting these results unfortunately I think the football is quite good yeah yeah I, and you made a good point Jerry about like, the players are aware that Robbie Brady will say he doesn't read the papers but they are aware of the intense scrutiny that Stephen Kenny is under and they're very young inexperienced players who don't have to deal with anything like this sort of pressure generally at club level and is that enabling them to play their best football it's not going to change they need to find a way the pressure is always going to be high and it's only going to get higher going into March but they need to be able to cope with that and I, I'd almost disagree with him. I think actually they stuck with they believed in what he was saying last night was almost the problem that he needed to just call a halt on 65 minutes and say let's regroup lads right. let's get ourselves together structurally whereas they just kept they sort of just seem to lose all shape all discipline and you're right this debate is going to go on but look the Manchester Derby's on the weekend everyone will be back to the Premier League and you know as I said last week it'll be the week of the game before it all sort of pops up again alright OTB AM with Gillette get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar 